Hello, and welcome to a Joyful Pause podcast. My guest today is Michelle Roberts, and I'm so happy to have Michelle on. How are you, Michelle? Mm, I'm feeling really well this morning. Thank you for having me here, Nicole. Yes, I can't wait for people to meet you. Michelle is a member of the Foundation for Conscious Living's Restoring Resourcefulness faculty. She is a certified Big Leap coach and a graduate of the Hendricks Institute's Leadership and Transformation Program. She is also a licensed Agape International Spiritual Practitioner. What I love about Michelle is that she is genius at seeing through to essence and awakening discovery and transformation with her clients. Whether in groups or with individuals, Michelle is masterful at noticing what is most wanting to emerge and creating space for expansion. She offers powerful clarity to her clients that opens gateways for expansion of consciousness. And she's taking some time today to talk with us about the tools that she's using to restore her resourcefulness as we navigate life. Um, Originally, I think I had it as we navigate this global pandemic, but there's actually so many things that we're navigating from this new wave of social justice work to this kind of second flare up of COVID to just being a human in the world, moving through the world. It's a time where we really need tools in order to be resourceful rather than reactive. And so, Michelle, my first question for you is, what is the tool or tools that you're most passionate about right now? Hmm. I would have to say breathing, my breath. Um, something that when I, when I first started studying with the Hendricks Institute, I was blown away to realize that I had not been breathing properly for the first half of my life. I was almost 50 years old and I recognized that I had been breathing up in my chest shallowly. I was holding my breath all the time. And when I actually stopped and learned how to breathe deeply, I got really lightheaded right away. And I recognized that my body was not used to getting the amount of oxygen that it's supposed to get. And that really surprised me. And so I took that on as something that I I realized that that was important for me to focus on. So I began to focus on my breathing. And years later, I recognized that that is one of the most powerful tools that we have is our breath. Yes. Hmm. Yes. I love that you said that because while I know you from the being, you know, a Hendricks coach, a Big Leap coach, and restoring resourcefulness faculty member, you know, in the yoga world, we see that the same way as the breath being um, one of the most important aspects, because it's the breath that has the life force, the prana. And so um, love that you're saying that. So how, tell me a little bit about how um, in this particular time, you're really working with the breath consciously. Well, one of the breathing techniques that we teach in the Restoring Resourcefulness program is the centering breath. 
And the purpose of the centering breath, at least for me, what I take away from um, uh, my takeaway on it is that it helps me to see when I'm tense and when I'm loose and whether I'm allowing breath into my belly and whether I'm loose as I, like I like to think of it as saying yes to life that I'm opening. So I love that you just mentioned about that, that, that breath is life, it's life force. And so am I actually allowing life force in while my body is open or am I, am I breathing into a tight body? And so one of the things I do lately is I notice that if I see something or hear something that scares me, which is happening frequently um, with COVID and with everything that's happening, what I notice is I'll start to notice whether I'm holding my breath. And so when I notice that I'm holding my breath, so there's a, a tightness in my body, I release my breath, I let the breath all the way out, and then I take a belly breath. I just open myself and take a nice deep breath. And so I notice just by doing that one time, it helps me to get back in myself. And so the more I practice that and the more I practice that, I I don't need a lot of um, turnaround. I don't need to practice a lot in the moment. It's really just bringing my attention back to that. And so I would say that how I use it now is to notice when I'm tight and when I'm holding and then release and allow myself to take a breath in, mm-hmm. which I'm doing now. <laughs> yeah, I was, <laughs> I just did it too. As I was listening to you, I was like, oh yeah, you know, it can be, it's not always for reasons of, um, you know, unfortunate stress that we hold the breath. I even noticed that sometimes when I feel really excited, um, that that can be a mechanism that happens as well. And I was so excited to talk with you. Like my breath had actually gotten a little shallow. So thank you for the invitation. Yeah. And thank you for reminding me that that's so true. Uh, if I am on my computer and I find myself really absorbed in what I'm doing, that's another time where I, and it could be like you said, something I'm really working on that I love. I'll notice that, oh, I was holding my breath again. So what I appreciate about our bodies and how incredible our bodies are is they're available for training. So I look at it and I think, well, I have retrained my system to know how to breathe properly again. And it didn't take that long. Yes, it took practice. It took intention. And the reward has been incredible. So I just love to to take a moment to appreciate my own body and appreciate our bodies for being willing to make that change that I, I was breathing one way for so many years of my life. And now my body's begun to remember, to remember how to breathe again. Mm. So that I get excited about that. <laughs> I love that. So... In terms of this time that we're in with COVID-19, with social justice being top of mind for many of us, how would you invite someone into this practice? You know, for someone that's listening that isn't very aware of their breath, what is a kind of an entry point for them to start becoming more aware of and ultimately being able to shape it so that they're breathing in ways that are 
really in support of their aliveness. Mm. Well, I'll, I'll bring it back to the centering breath again. Um, and the first, um, the, the first step in moving towards learning this way of resetting our breath is to simply squeeze your fists and then open them again. And so I would invite any listeners to do this right now to squeeze your fists nice and tight. You might even tighten your arms and then relax. And then tighten again and then relax. And so the noticing, let yourself notice what it feels like to be tight and what it feels like to be loose. And that's one of the ways we can start to bring attention to our body and seeing, checking in with ourselves. And then to bring it to the next step with breathing, if you put your hand over your belly, your belly button, and if you're listening and you can do this right now, if you're not driving or doing something, um, you can re-listen to this later if you are. You can put your hand on your belly button, on your belly, and what you can do is let yourself take an out breath while you pull your belly button towards the back of your spine. So you're letting a breath out as if you're blowing a birthday candle out across the room. So you let that breath all the way, all the way out as you tighten your belly. And then you simply relax and let a breath in. And so that's one of the ways that you can reset because if you're breathing the way that most people breathe, you might be breathing tight up into your chest and not actually taking full breaths down into your belly. So the centering breath can help to redirect us to where we want to let our breath in and to get it. Um, and Nicole, you know, maybe you could speak to this about breathing upside down, about breathing, you know, where we're, we're actually um, breathing into a tight body and not into a loose body. So I'm, I'm imagining with your yoga practice that you might have something to add. Yeah, I think, um, you know, when we are breathing in a way that's flipped, we're breathing into the chest that actually is helping us to keep our sympathetic nervous system activated. And it's really in the breathing down into the belly that we can call forth the parasympathetic, which allows us to rest and digest. And there's so much to digest in terms of what we're taking in um, through our senses, what we're experiencing. And so when we get activated, and you can notice that even when you pick up your phone to send an email, and then somehow you find yourself scrolling through Twitter, and all of a sudden your breath is back up into your chest, you know? And it's like, oh, wow, okay, no, first put the phone down and then take a couple of moments. And I agree with what you said, you can, with intention, turn that back to a, a nice full diaphragmatic breath with some ease as you build that practice. So I definitely think um, the awareness is what's so key to this breathing practice that when we can notice what's going on in us, just as we're moving through the day, we can be really responsive and take good care of ourselves by having that awareness of like, oh, wow, I did activity X and my chest breathing started. Now I can flip that back down 
and and that's a way to to really bring forward some nurturing. Mm. Yeah, and something you just reminded me of is one of the other things that breathing does for me. Um, so if I see something that scares me, maybe I see, um, uh, or maybe I, I feel embarrassed because of my lack of knowledge about um, social justice. And I realize, wow, you know, and I'm having a wave of shame or a wave of guilt or something that what I can do is actually, uh, so what happens to me is sometimes I freeze from that. So I, I'll, I'll lose my breath. And so as I let myself breathe again, what's such a gift about that is it slows down my pace. And I grew up in New Jersey in a family that loved to walk fast. And so my pace was way out ahead of what was actually my natural pace. Mm -hmm. And so what I, what I learned for myself was, was that by breathing, I actually give myself the space to come back into myself before I react <laughs> so that I can mm -hmm. respond rather than react to whatever's going on in front of me or whatever's happening inside of my body. Yeah. And I love that. I love what you said, because it's not like we're on this journey and there won't be bumps, you know, as people are doing reading about anti-racism, as people are, um, educating themselves in new and different ways, fear will definitely come up. And um, I love what you said about using these tools in that moment to restore yourself because the journey doesn't have to stop at, oh, I got scared or, oh, I got embarrassed. It can be, oh, I got scared, I got embarrassed. That's because I'm learning using a tool like the breath to come back to yourself and then keep doing what is yours to do, which might be continuing to educate yourself. So I love that you brought in that piece because for me, it's, it, it's a reminder that these tools can be paired with all of the work that we're doing right now and can support us in continuing to move forward. Yes. I, I, I've said to a few people recently, I don't know what I would do without these tools. And it's one of the reasons I'm passionate about sharing them. And I'm so mm -hmm. grateful for the opportunity to talk about it this morning. Um, because being able to face into what's happening, um, to me is, is so important. I want to be present. I want to be able to do that. And without being able to be in my breath, I know that I, I'm not actually as resourceful as I could be. You know, I might be able to manage, but it's going to be stressful. It's going to be more stressful. So mm -hmm. I love being able to have the breath and come into myself and then be able to face some of these, these things that are really tricky. Mm -hmm. And the other thing I notice is I'm not as quick to um, jump into a conversation that perhaps I have no business having at this time. And, mm. um, and then if I do, and like we were saying before, and I go, oops, I'm able to be a little lighter with myself because I'm actually taking a moment to come back to myself before um, speaking up or taking action. It's like, okay, let me just check in here. Let me see if I'm breathing. And, and something about breathing um, that I've learned is taking three 
deep connected breaths. And if you can breathe in and breathe out about five seconds in, five seconds out, that actually really helps to what what you were saying before, Nicole, about having our body work for us, having um, ease and harmony in our body. It actually helps to get us back into that state of rest and digest. And I really loved what you what you brought up. Digesting is not just about food. And mm-hmm. I thought, oh, I hadn't thought about that before. We're constantly digesting from our world. And to be able to give my system the ability to have space to digest, what a gift that is. So I appreciate you bringing that up. Mm. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Also, I was thinking about, you know, everything feeling like it's in a state of change, you know, from the changes that we undertook in order to try to deal with COVID to just the regular changes of being a person moving through the world to you know, people kind of waking up to systemic racism in America, it can feel like change is constant, which it is. And we often maybe don't let in just how constant it is. Um, Sometimes something like a pandemic can kind of wake you up to how it has been. And it's just like the scales are falling from your eyes and you're seeing it for the first time. But I was thinking about the cycle of the inhale and the exhale and breathing diaphragmatically, taking in breath, belly fills, letting go, breath, belly empties, navel pulling toward the spine, and how that can be a constant, you know? Like, everything's changing, but some things are not. And when it, when your mind goes to that, ah, everything's changing, coming back to this thing, that is a constant in order for us to be here feels like it can be a reminder of stability, that inherent stability that we each have, that we can lean into and create. What do you think of that? Oh, wow. I just, when you said the word (laughs) stability, that's exactly the word that was going through my mind. I was like, stability. Yes. What a beautiful thing to think about. I hadn't thought about that, that my breath is one of the constants that I can, that I can actually recognize that that Mm -hmm. is something that I can lean into as a way of bringing me here. Like here I am, I have Mm -hmm. different moves I make. Like I love to drop my heels to the ground. I love to like put my feet up on my, um, on the balls of my feet, I guess, raise my heels and then drop them down. And I learned Mm -hmm. that from Katie Hendricks. And I love that move as a, here I am. And when you said that about the breath being a place for, for us to create a sense of stability, um, that's what it made me think of. Like, what are those ways that I, I can, I can, um, relax into like, yes, I have my breath. Because, yeah, there's a lot going on that um, it's, and I liked what you said about that it's always been that, but we mm-hmm. tend to not put our attention on that, which is uh, a good thing that we don't constantly think about um, the, the, 
precarious state of life, you know, the delicacy of life. Um, but I also think it can be such a gift to, to bring our attention from a place of openness and a place of recognizing um, that it's okay to be in that unknown. And mm-hmm. I've been talking about lately, like, how can I, how can I bring known to unknown? How can I? Mm-hmm. So I think what you just talked about is exactly that. Like, oh, here's something that I know that I can bring to each of my days. And that's my breath. So, yeah, thank you. That's really cool. Hmm. Yeah. So another question that I have for you is, you know, this pulsation between what we do for ourselves and then how we want to be of service to larger communities. How do you think something like conscious breathing can serve the larger community at this time? Mm. Well, I think everything we've been talking about, if I'm here in my body, if I'm in, embodied in a, um, in a present state, I have clarity of mind. I have energy. I find for myself that when I'm, when I'm in a state of presence, I have the energy that like I'm connected to the infinite energy of life. And so then I actually have the energy to take action steps. And um, as opposed to when I'm in a, a constricted fear state, I actually pull away and I want to hide. And mm-hmm. so I think that um, recognizing that our, res- our, our resourcefulness is crucial in being able to create a world that works for everyone. Mm-hmm. And, and so that to me is like how I can, and the, the other side of it is what I notice is one person's presence in a room can affect a room in beautiful ways, that there is a wave of harmony that can be caught if people Mm -hmm. are open to it. So I recognize that, that while I breathe, that people around me, I can actually um, influence. I can't control how people are around me, but I can send out a wave of peace that seems to be caught by the people around me. So I don't know if, if that's something that you... Um, if that answers the question, but that's what comes to mind for me. I love that wave of harmony. Yeah. Yeah, I think we are resonant beings and we impact each other in ways that we're probably not even aware of sometimes. And so I definitely can see that your own presence coming into a space, whether that is a physical space or even whether that's a space that's electronic on the internet. I think even, you know, being a force for presence, even in, you know, an internet setting can be something that influences the people around because we're such resonant beings. Mm. Yeah, I love that. I and I noticed that um I do notice that on on the internet that I that I can actually bring presence um when I'm present, I can actually bring that presence yeah. into an interaction and I notice that things do go sm- more smoothly. And so yeah, I'm, I'm excited about um, 
allowing myself to be able to be the change maker I want to be by mm-hmm. focusing on my daily practices and focusing on what I can do for my body. And I was thinking about another tool that I love called matching. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know whether you want to talk a little bit about that because that's something that in addition to breathing has been such a support to me. Yeah, let's do it. (laughs) So matching is a way of contacting ourselves to bring attention to our inner experience. And I actually would love, Nicole, if you could describe um, what matching is to you before I, I, I go more into it. But that's kind of how I would describe it is it's a way of contacting myself and it's a way of um, of getting, well, actually how I describe it is getting real with my inner experience. Yeah, I like that. That does it to me. I think the example I would give, um, I was on retreat earlier last week and I, for some reason, was just filled with sound effects. Uh, I was talking to someone and these sound effects kept coming up and she was just cracking up. Um, at how it, how the sound effect kind of was the thing that I was talking about. And that to me is matching where you can, it's that congruence where maybe it's the words are matching the experience, but sometimes you don't have any words and the sound matches the experience or other times you don't have sound and you make some sort of gesture and that matches the experience. And there's something about that congruence that really helps me to feel very present and located both in myself and with what's occurring in that moment. Mm. Yeah, I was just thinking about another aspect of it that when I often, when uh, in the past and maybe even currently, although I'm, I'm happy to say I don't do it as much as I used to, when I turn my attention towards myself, it's often to see what's wrong. It's often mm-hmm. um, noticing what, what like it might be a critical thought, it might be, um, well, it's basically that, I'm looking for what's wrong and it's a critical thought. What I love mm-hmm. about matching is it's an invitation to bring, to turn towards myself with curiosity mm-hmm. and to actually let me let me see what's going on inside of me without judgment without actually thinking something's wrong and so turning towards myself with curiosity and i notice what really helps me do that you were talking about sound and i love that is doing the hmm sound and really letting myself get curious through And I notice, and I know that there's scientific um, basis for this, that I notice my whole system starts to relax a little bit when I, when I make the humming sound. Mm-hmm. So I just love that that's one of the steps that I take with matching is, hmm, hmm, I wonder what I'm feeling right now. And I'll drop a question in, hmm, I wonder what is going on inside of me right now. And just by doing that, I open up um, a space for me to get in contact with what I might not be aware of. And like you said, I don't always have the words for. 
And I do often make big sounds that, you know, I'll just be, I'll walk in, in like a, I'll be walking out of my office and I'll kind of go, and I have, it's just become a way of me getting like, allowing myself to come into like, oh yeah, here, here's and it, like a transition between one yeah. place and another between one state and another, it's, um, I love sounding as uh, a transitional move. Yeah, yeah. And I think, I, I hope that when everyone heard you make that sound, they got it. Because when I heard you make that sound, I felt like I knew exactly what you were feeling in that moment. Mm, <laughs> and there's just crazy. some sounds that are universal in terms of, oh yeah, I like I get that. And I think that's where matching can be you know, while it's really amazing how it helps us to understand our own experience, I think it also helps in connection with other people. Um, when we're when we're at a sort of communication glitch where we're not understanding one another, sometimes sound and gesture can be a way to kind of skip past whatever is happening that the words are just flowing by each other, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so I think I just wanted to bring that into the space too, that that matching can also be supportive in, um, in us understanding, you know, kind of what our current experience is, but then also maybe inviting someone else into that shared experience as well. You know, and I also notice that it can be really supportive. Uh, my partner and I work with couples, and I notice mm -hmm. that sometimes it's easier for couples to actually um, act out gestures, make sounds and gestures about their state of being before they actually express with words. And it, it seems to me like a magical move to help move energy through so mm -hmm. that they're available to what wants to emerge. Like what is it that's really on their mind that they want to um, bring up? That using the body first to actually make gestures and sounds, it actually allows whatever it is that's inside the body that, that they might not even be aware of for them to be able to express that. So that's an, another way. And I know I use that myself with my partner. So being able to sometimes express with my hands or gestures, sound, um, as a way of communicating, as a way of clearing the pipes for communication mm -hmm. for myself. Like, oh, now I, oh, now I have the words to be able to say that. Yeah. Yes. I love that. And especially what you just said about maybe doing that before words, you know, I think, um, I think especially for folks who have a lot of ease about being in their head or intellectualizing, matching is a great tool for expressing in different ways. And to your point about what's happening in the body, like even sometimes being able to use your hands to shape a physical sensation, like to shape it outside of yourself in the air, 
that can be a really nice way to recognize um, what's happening inside and the, the whole focus in our conversation to me of why we want to know what's happening inside is twofold. One, so that we're present as we move through our life and as we move through our day. But another, because if we're at a point where we are trying to come up with solutions for challenges at multiple levels of life, that has to be done from a place of presence. If we're not understanding how we are, then the solution is just going to come from a scattered place because we're not present. So all of these tools, whether it's breathing or whether it's matching, it's really so that the solutions for the changes that we want to see can come from a place of being connected to ourselves and connected to each other rather than just out of nowhere because our mind is in 40 different places, you know? Mm. I, you know, I just was thinking when you said that, I was thinking about how challenging I know it is for me to imagine bridging over to a very different point of view. And right now um, in, in this country, there's a, so much division and, um, and I, I challenge myself to like, how can I be open to hearing an opinion that I know I don't agree with, but can I hear through to what's really going on underneath for someone? And am I willing to, to, um, not only build a bridge between us, but actually be willing to be on that bridge. And, um, and I notice for myself, there's, I don't, I don't know that I could do that. Well, I certainly couldn't do it if I wasn't present. And so when I think about the moves that I make so that I know that I'm present between breathing and matching. So another way that I love to use matching is to simply speak what's so, what I know is so. So if I notice that I feel scared, saying the statement, I feel scared, is a way that I contact myself and what's real inside of me. And I notice that when I do that, there's more of me available. So even though I might say I'm scared and then that might scare me to say that I'm scared, Mm -hmm. even though that happens, I can actually um, begin a ripple of of real through my system that helps to presence me. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't know if you want to speak to that of how you might use words to match. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's, um, you know, I think it can always be helpful to come back to those core emotions of, you know, being able to say, I feel scared. I feel sad. um, I feel angry. um, I feel joyful. I think being able to express that and not have that be kind of hidden um, is the beginning of being able to make true connections with other people for sure Um, and to feel to feel connected to ourselves yeah that it and and of course the reason why it's funny that we first spoke about not using words um, because it it took 
intention and it took practice for me to recognize what I actually was feeling inside. Um, often what would happen in the past was I would have all these different mix of feelings going on and it would kind of just be this blah, 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 <laughs> that would just mm-hmm. kind of cut off at my throat and and I and it was it was sort of like I don't know whether it would numb out or but but basically I lost contact with what I actually was feeling and so some of our listeners might be thinking well I don't I don't always know what I'm feeling and mm-hmm. and so what I noticed that through my practice of when I do know. So joy is an easier one for me to know. I don't have mm-hmm. as much fear around joy. Um, although if I get too joyful, I can, I can experience fear with that as well. Um, but when I experience joy and I say, oh, I feel happy, I, can, I began to, um, again, it's like training myself to recognize. And so then when I started to notice like anger, okay, that's another one that's a little easier for me personally to claim. And so, oh, I feel angry. And as I let myself express that out loud, rather than having that be something that I hid, like you were talking Mm -hmm. about hiding, um, that actually really created a space for me to be available for other people. Um, because I, because I'm, I'm, I'm actually here and I'm recognizing, and also with other uh, with other people, being real with them creates a sa- uh, a, a sense of safety. Mm-hmm. So um, even though again it might be scary to hear that someone feels angry, um, if I know I'm in a conversation with someone who's willing to um, be present and willing to work through and move through some difficult uh, conversations, if I know that we're all we're both in there, we have that intention. I'm able to ride through some of that, and I know that when I when I'm real, it does create a sense of safety um, for that conversation uh, for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that kind of brings me into my last question. Um, I really love what you said about um, the, the authenticity bringing forth a sense of realness um, and the 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 authenticity bringing forth a sense of safety. And that's my last question for you is, you know, we are not going to get out of this thing alone. It takes all of us to move through either the pandemic or the social change. Um, it, It takes all of us. So in this context of breathing as a practice, matching as a practice, what do you how do you dream up our collective liberation? Mm. Well, I, I heard the saying um, a, a long time ago, a world that works for everyone. And that mm. became something that I began to put energy into. Yes, I want to live in, in a world that works for everyone. And, and so for me, it's envisioning that each of us take responsibility for ourselves and what we're feeling. And often it's a habit of humans to feel angst and then project it onto others. And so what I've noticed is through my own personal responsibility moves, my own integrity moves of checking in with myself, what's happening inside of me, what is mine to do, as I start to do that, I notice that my conversations with people create more space and it's it's like my 
presence and my taking responsibility creates an invitation for others to take responsibility. So I think this is why I feel so passionate about the work of the Foundation for Conscious Living and the Restoring Resourcefulness program. It's an opportunity that, that everyone can take advantage of to learn some of the tools that can keep us in a, not keep us, but actually allow us to keep moving back into presence over and over and over again. Mm. Mm. I love that. Presence so that we know what is ours to do. Mm. Oh, thank you, Michelle. Mm -hmm. um, love chatting with you as I always do, whether it's recorded or not. Uh, this one's recorded. And um, I just want to appreciate you for coming and bringing your whole self and your big heart and your wisdom um, and sharing it with the folks who are listening. So thank you. Oh, well, it's an honor to, to have you ask me to do this. And I love you so much. And I so appreciate um, how amazingly authentic you are in the world. And um, so it is my pleasure to be having this conversation with you this morning. Awesome. And listeners, if you want to work with Michelle or learn more about her offerings, you can find her at michelleanddean.com. That's M-I-C-H-E-L-E-A-N-D-D-E-A-N.com. Thank you so much for spending time with us today and taking this joyful pause. Be well.